Hello, creative people. Welcome to Creative Conversations. My name is Hollis Citron, and we are so happy that you have chosen to spend this hour with us. So I am owner and founder of I Am Creative and Express Yourself Publishing, and I am on a mission to expand the definition of creativity beyond a pencil and a paintbrush and empower people, especially adults, to own their voice that come in so many different forms. So this space was created to talk with people with all different jobs, hobbies, and interests, and have conversations about experiences and perspectives all centered around three questions. One, how do you define creativity? Two, how do you incorporate it into your life? And three, why do you think it's important? Then we have a free-flowing conversation and we see where it goes. So I have had the opportunity to talk to musicians, Reiki masters, mediums, doctor, lawyer, real estate agents, and so many more. And these conversations explore the reality that creativity is not cute, it is necessary. People have defined creativity as their soul's essence, courage, imagination, basically all that we are and wanna be. So sharing these stories expands one's thinking and opens up self-expression to feel more empowered, connected, and dare I say, happy. My inspiring guest for today is Avis Adele Hitchcock. She is a full-time caregiver to both her parents, a creative entrepreneur who loves co-creating and dives deep into the essence of self and radical care. Avis, welcome to the space. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm so excited to be here. So happy to have you here. How are you today? I'm doing well. How are you? I am good. Went for a brisk walk and I'm excited to have this conversation. Yes, same here. I'm so excited to dive into this conversation with you today. Yeah, thank you. So I said such a small part about yourself. I know we're going to give a, a deep dive, but um, is there anything else that you can kind of give us like an inner, a little overview right now before we dive in? Not, not at the moment. I feel like whatever comes up in our conversation with each other is going to be perfect. Okay. Okay, cool. So um, we're going to start with the would you rather question though. And then we'll dive into the first. So, Avis, would you rather spend a week in the forest or a night in a real haunted house? I would rather spend a week in a forest. You would? Yes. I was trying to figure, so why? I'm curious. I do not like scary things. And I feel like in a haunted house, um that would be kind of guaranteed <laughs> kind um, of. <laughs> and I, it's in the title <laughs> right yeah <laughs> but in a in a forest uh immersed in nature would be amazing and of course there's like the quiet and the stillness that happens in a forest and all the noises I'm not familiar with would like kind of like give me adrenaline rushes, but also just to be completely surrounded and immersed in nature for a whole week yeah, would be a beautiful way of just connecting and creating with the earth. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's why I would choose that. Mm. And this is going to have such a, I'm so excited to hear more from you about just capturing the essence of the world in what you do. So, um, okay, so diving right into the first main question is, Avis, how do you define creativity? I 
I define creativity as a way of expressing oneself, a way of expressing myself, the way we as human beings can express ourselves. I, I define it as like this embodiment of expression and the fact that any and every little thing that we do is a act of creation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is, right? From the way we wake up to everything in between and when we go to sleep, we have choice. Even when we feel like we don't have choice, there are choices in those choices. Yes, absolutely. Even our subconscious creates when we're dreaming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I like that aspect of it. It's so interesting that you mentioned that lately my dreams, like I've actually been having kind of weird dreams lately and I haven't remembered my dreams. I still don't fully remember it, but I haven't even remembered any dreams for like a long time. And lately they've just been a little extra weird. And I've actually, I woke up this morning. I was like, oh, wow, I actually dreamt. (laughs) Or at least I remember dreaming. Yeah. Yeah, I I think that it's interesting. I always have weird and bizarre dreams and I'll wake up and I'll remember like a brief part of it Mm -hmm. and then I'll go back to sleep um, Mm -hmm. and remember everything. But yeah, I think dreams, um, you know, sometimes I feel like I know I'm dreaming, but I don't remember what I have dreamt or I only remember key factors of it. Mm -hmm. And I, I think it's kind of just like this exploration in our rest of maybe in our dreams we're working out things or getting answers to questions and we don't remember them because we've worked them out or we remember these things because maybe it's something that we're curious about or connect connecting to in the moment. That's mm-hmm. I, kind of how I perceive it sometimes when I'm like, what does this mean? And mm-hmm. then I'm in the discovery of it. And then in my reality, in my, my conscious awake reality, I feel the connection to it and then I'm like oh and <laughs> kind yeah. of release it yeah yeah that is an interesting uh, what you just said about kind of like working it out in your dreams yeah I don't know late lately my well, yeah I mean this is like a whole thing about okay sidebar we'll move on <laughs> I was gonna say just like my dreams have been just like just weird like not related to anything they've actually been anxiety mm. They've had like, so I guess, yeah, that could make sense. Yeah. In speaking it out loud. <laughs> yes, like these kind of random events that are just anxious. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. So moving on. So um, tell us more about what you do here in naming it, de- um, diving deep into the essence of self and radical care. So. Yeah. So. Diving deep into uh, the essence of self, I think for me personally, diving how I've given how I have dived deep. <laughs> God, how I dive deep. This is great Divin. about life. Yeah, divin. <laughs> how I have dived deep into the essence of myself is been a very roller coaster process. Um, but a really beautiful and profound process as well of getting to a kind of the core of my humanity. Mm. And that, that means getting to the core of my strength and my flaws mm-hmm. and 
honoring them all, loving them all, and working on um, what I want to work on and transform and shift um, as well and being being okay with the the things in life, the unexpected things in life that happen and being okay with who I am as a, a person and the things that I don't like um, or want to shift because they aren't supportive for me or aren't supportive for other people in my life, then I get to make the decision and choice to start the process of shifting them. And I think that's a big also thing of creation of being creative is like shifting um the narratives and the mindset and the the way we look at things the way i've looked at things and i think this goes hand in hand with diving into what radical care is for self and for others is diving into the essence of ourselves and really taking stock of what care represents um, as internal embodiment more so than external things. Why external things are really beautiful and supportive. I find that it's the internal things that really have had me connect to the external things that I do, whether it's creating something physically or doing some physical form of self care, like taking a bath or getting a massage or the normal things that are put out there um, in the world of self-care activities, when I'm really embodying the internal part of radical care, which is what I like to call it radical, because in a sense it is, it's diving deep into oneself. It's diving deep into the essence and all of what we have and all of who we are, um, strengths, and flaws and everything. And I mean, it's, it's a lot, but it's really beautiful and humbling. I would say my journey with it, and I'm still in the process and journey of it. And I will be until I take my last breath in this form on this life. So, yeah. yeah. Thank you for all that. And yeah, that's the goal, right? I mean, this expansion that that is the goal to expand um, because of the deep dive uh, to learn about ourselves. And you said so many things that really resonated that I want to go back and highlight. First, I love the way you said roller coasty process. <laughs> so we're making, we're kind of making up words along the way. As soon as you said that, I was like, I love that roller coasty. Um, but working on what you want to work on. So it's recognizing our strengths and your flaws, like you said and accepting ourselves for it and being like, okay, these are the things that I want to work on and expand on and do a deeper dive into, and then accept these other things about myself. We, we're not perfect beings. We're not going to master everything. We're not going to be everything to everyone, but it's a matter of us being comfortable with who we are. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And sometimes being comfortable with uh, who we are, and I can only speak for myself in this, is is a lot, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, uh, to be fully comfortable and, and one skin and all of it is, um, can be difficult and can be messy. And that's okay. Like, it's okay to be a mess. 
sometimes um, or a lot of the time. I mean, it, it, it's okay to be uncomfortable and processing and doing our best. And even if it doesn't look like it has in the past, like all of that's okay. Mm-hmm. And um, it takes a lot of rewiring and reworking of thoughts and processes and connecting to things. And uh, it looks different and feels different for everybody, right? What yeah. works for me just doesn't mean it's going to work for anybody else on this planet. And that's the beautiful thing about it. It's like what works and what supports you. And there's, I think there's no really right or wrong way to do it. Connecting with the essence of ourselves, really connecting with who we are, loving ourselves. And sometimes, you know, I, I still sometimes there are things about me that I don't love. And that's okay because I'm human. Like you said, like there, this idea, this ideal of perfectionism that I think we have inherited from generation and generation and society and the media and all of these realms put so much undue pressure, um, has put so much undue pressure on myself that like breaking through years and years of the way things are, the way I've perceived things is a process and it always will be a process of unraveling things. And I don't always have to be in the state of unraveling things. I don't always have to be in the space of like really diving deep into self. Uh, But even the little simple things or the nothingness of doing nothing is a form of expanding into our present moments and into our future, whether we fully grasp what it's going to be, whether I fully grasp what it's going to be. I have no idea what my future is going to look like. I have no idea what tomorrow is going to look like. I have ideas and I'm, I'm doing the things I'm creating the things to have the future I desire and want to have, but I really don't know what it's going to look like. And I think connecting with that and just being in the process of life and the unexpectedness of life and being in the doingness and being in the creative process and just being in the beingness of myself as a human yeah. on this planet. Yeah. Um, with all the realms of everything that comes into the space, you know, my own personal thoughts, other people's thoughts about me, um, all of it is the greatest journey ever to be in that space. Yeah. I really appreciate, I'm kind of going back to where you said, um, you spoke about self care and radical care, the whole self or the self care aspects of, of actually of expressing and whatever that is for you to, um, to get out from in to out, um, is really expression is huge, which is your, how you defined it. And it's how I define it is, Creativity is, you know, how you express yourself, how you show up in the world, um, which is in multiple forms. And then there's the actual self-care aspect of feeding yourself things that make you feel good, that nurture you, actually getting the massage, actually, you know, taking time to do things that calm you down or light you up or inspire you. All of these combined together create you as a human which is that radical care, which so many people do not take time for themselves to do. 
Yeah. There's so much repression that goes on. And what you said, the nothingness of doing nothing, mm-hmm. that's not easy Mm-mm. because that's actually being present. That's actually showing up and being quiet. Either it doesn't have to be quiet per se. Um, it can be actually like the, the last night I was watching, I was kind of de-stressing and I put a show on. And my son was in the room and I realized I didn't talk to him really all day because he was at work and I was doing things. And so I was like, Hollis, turn off the TV (laughs) and actually sit here and talk to your son and just be. And at points we talked, at points we didn't talk, but we were sitting with each other. Mm -hmm. And it felt really good, but it was just interesting that I had to remind myself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's... (laughs) It's a real thing of being fully, being able to be fully present and to the situation and aware of it. And I think it's a process for all of us because society um, and tells us that we always have to be in a state of doing something, that we always have to be striving for our greatness and we always have to be on top of everything or else we'll crumble to the ground. And what's wrong with crumbling to the ground? Like, we do. It's a part of life. The thing about it is the what I have learned. I have learned so much about my life and about who I am and about lessons and how I approach things by crumbling to the ground so that I can put myself... And I don't need to put myself back together because I'm fully on the ground, like my whole entire being is on that ground with me, whether it feels like I've crumbled or not, I'm still fully pieced together. But the moment I step up and release whatever I needed to release in that moment, or let go of in that moment is no longer with me right then. And I'm getting up again, fully as myself. And that's, the, I mean, I've learned so much about falling and crumbling to the ground. And this is, of course, metaphorically. I don't just randomly, constantly fall onto the ground. But, you know, right, 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 right. But, I, mean, I, think, I feel like people know what I mean by that. And the thing, too, is I'm a very, you know, we talked about things. You talked about in your dreams. It's like the anxious feelings. I've always been someone who's been very, I've always been an anxious person. I was diagnosed with severe anxiety like at the age of 12 but I think we had known by the time by when I was 10 Mm -hmm. and I you know I've done a lot of work and connecting with and going through it and I feel like there's this thing I call it the what if carousel right uh that goes on in my mind of all the what ifs and it's like a carousel and sometimes it's moving so fast that like nobody could safely get on or off this carousel because carousels never move fast, right? The actual physical ones, they go slow and steady so people can get on and off as, they, as their leisure. And sometimes my what if carousel in my brain is going round and round and round and round, like super speed. And sometimes, but then I start to ask myself questions to slow it down to a pace where I can really be present and stop the what if carousel from happening. And one of the things I discovered in that process of really being fully present is I'll ask myself, what is true in this moment? And 
sometimes I have to ask myself it a few times. Mm-hmm. But that's mm-hmm. what grounds me into the present moment mm-hmm. and allows me to really quiet or stop the manipulation and stop the noise or all of the questions or all of the guilt or all of the shame or all of the judgment or doubt or the range of emotions that are going around in my mind at the time mm-hmm. to be like, this is what's happening. Like it has me connect to the room I'm in, or if I'm outside, it just has me connect to that moment. And I get to look around and be like, I'm here. I'm alive. I'm mm-hmm. breathing or whatever I need to say, whatever comes out of my mouth or comes from my heart. Yeah. I, and that moment is just beautiful and it grounds me. Well, um, it makes, yeah. it makes sense. It's from the, it's from the brain to the heart. It's that connection. Yeah. It's because if we live in that brain, the brain can like manipulate, like you said, and make us, make us a little nuts, make yeah. us a little, whereas when we're, when we're from the heart, that's a space where it's authentic. That's a space where we slow down. That's a space yeah. where we're taking a breath. Yeah, absolutely. So, so let's talk about, um, first I want to welcome our listeners. Thank you so much for being here. Um, if you have any questions or comments, please feel free to put them in the chat box below and we can see them there. So thank you. Um, so I want to talk about you being a caregiver to both of your parents and I want to speak about your photography because um, there's so much depth in both of those aspects. So yeah. Being a caregiver, you've been doing this for a while and you're not that old. So um, how old were you when when this first started for you, this part of your life? Uh, so, yeah, I was 26 when I became the secondary caregiver to my father, um, when it was just his health stuff going on. And that was in 2017. 2017 Mm -hmm. and I became a full-time caregiver to both of my parents when my mom's cancer diagnosis became apparent and knowledge to us um, at the age of 29 in 2020 Mm -hmm. a few months into a global pandemic Um, so yeah it was in my mid-20s um, when it was the secondary and then the late 20s when it became primary for both. Mm-hmm. So with that, do you have, are you getting support? Do people come in and, and help you along in this process? So the process right now with their situations, there's not a lot of like support that is needed internally in the house. They're okay. very much able to still do certain things. Um, what it is, is just a very different outlook of like remembering appointments and asking questions and taking people to and from appointments and all of these very like, um, I don't want to call them tedious tasks, but, uh, things that get to be done like on a daily basis or a weekly or monthly basis. And the support I would say that I receive or that works for me in this time um, is connecting with other human beings um, and just talking about the reality of life and the 
realness of the experience and all of it. And also just talking about other things besides that experience too is sometimes very supportive. And we work predominantly well together, the three of us as a unit, to support each other as best as we can through the process of what care looks like and what gets to be done. Like um, for my, for an example, my dad doesn't have a bladder mm-hmm. and he has what's called a urostomy bag. He can't physically change it himself mm-hmm. for many different reasons. And mm-hmm. so I do that majority of the time. And sometimes my mom will do it. Um, and it's, a, it's not that hard of a process, but it's something that's, you know, a lot of people would think is gross and intense because I'm literally changing and cleaning up because you have to change the bag every so often because mm-hmm. of, you know, he doesn't have a bladder. So he secretes urine differently now mm-hmm. um, of the, the system they've created to have him stay alive. And that process of what our body does is different for him. And so that's one of the things. Now, the other thing with my mom um she undergoes treatment all the time every three weeks since july of 2020 she's gone in for treatment um she'll be on treatment for the rest of her life or until she decides to stop um that's her thing she was diagnosed with stage four cancer uh that's her course of action um but with that is the way we found out is she her both of her knees are very bad they're bone on bone Mm -hmm. she was supposed to get knee surgery she can't because she would have to stop treatment. And so do you make the choice to get your knee replaced um, and be out of months of treatment, which will eventually allow the cancer to just wreak havoc on your body right. um, and go for rehab. So in that respect, there's physical things. Neither one of my parents can do certain physical things. So I take on physical things of roles. Um, and that's, you know, it's a process. And also knowing that eventually, like, my, how long is my mom going to be able to walk? Mm-hmm. Right? And all of these things and all of these things of preparing or thinking about the future, but not getting overwhelmed with when things are going to happen or what they're going to look like and just being present to the moment. Mm-hmm. But as a caregiver and as a daughter, um, it's a part of the process. And it it's a... It's a roller coaster of experiences yeah. and the realm of things that I have to do, things that I got to shift for myself because I made the choice to shift them. Mm. I'm making the choice every day that this is what I want to do because I love my parents and I want to support them in any way I can. Um, mm. And that's a choice I made. There was no obligation, no pressure, no like you have to do this. Um, it was something that I just was like, well, this is what I'm going to do. And this is what it's going to be. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing all that. And um, what I kind of was pulling from that, as you as you were saying that, I mean, there's so much about communication between the three of you because conversations are being had continuously about life. It's what we do. We talk about things. We talk about deeper things, you know, because there's a lot going on and there's life happening. So these are real conversations and it's really getting to know each other. You're seeing each other for who you truly are. I mean, as your your father, it, it could be seen as a vulnerable position. 
yeah. as you're changing this bag for him. And these are parts of our parents that we don't always, we don't always see these aspects. Yeah. So it, there's like a beauty in that actual going to this essence of self and radical care. It's really being in that space, in that moment, um, and appreciating the connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And accessing vulnerability in ways that I never fathomed one, I could access vulnerability within myself or be able to be in the presence of vulnerability with them right. to experience that from them. And it, it's a, it's a beautiful gift yeah. to, to um, be so connected in ways where the, the rawness um, and the realness of care and connection and conversation um, kind of really go hand in hand. I mean, yeah. we have big conversations uh, where, you know, I mean, I'm not perfect. And the, we have real conversations about sometimes I do way too much or I just go overboard. And the fact that they feel comfortable sharing that with me, it's hard to hear. It's hard to hear that, of course, but then it gives me the ability to be like, okay, well, what do I get to shift in myself so I can support them the best? What really has me, has them connect to it? Like, what do I get to shift? Like, how do I get to approach this in a way that is supportive for them? And they're two different human beings. They are supported completely different. My relationship dynamic with them is completely different, right? They're, I mean, it's, it's a, I want to say it's a juggling act, but it, it's a consistent learning, adapting, unraveling process. Right. That I'm always in the discovery of. Right. Um, and there's so many beautiful, positive words that you're using in there. Discovery, adapting, dynamic, learning, I mean, it's it's never easy and uh, for for people, um, you know, getting feedback about yourself um, mm -hmm. per se, unless it's with somebody that you trust. I mean, you know, it's if somebody is not the nicest of people and they're coming at you, then you're going to react a different way, as opposed to somebody recognizing something that isn't one of your strengths or something that they see going on and saying, you know, if somebody were to say to me, Hollis, you know it really made me a little bit, you know, sad when this happened or, or, or you're doing a little bit too much of this. I'll be like, Oh, okay. Tell me like, I'd love to hear more about that. Cause I, I didn't recognize that. Like yeah. there's different ways that you can react. And um, it's like the whole reacting and responding. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, being in the classroom, teaching art for 30 years. Um, it's just, it's a learning experience to see, like you said, how do I, and finish the sentence, when you have these individual humans in a room and there's an objective, but not everybody learns in the same way and right. not everybody's feeling the same way that day. Mm -hmm. And somebody may not have eaten. Somebody may have just had a bad interaction with someone before they came in the classroom. Um, how do I get the objective across and get people to be able to do it to the best of their ability and feel good about themselves within 45 minutes. Yeah. 
it, it's it's there's a vol and sometimes it doesn't always work. <laughs> sometimes you have crappy days and you're just like, well, that didn't work. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes I get defensive. Like I'm gonna be real honest. Sometimes I get super defensive mm-hmm. and get mean and get rude. And I mean, I'm gonna be honest. I'm human. It happens. There's moments when I'm on edge and getting defensive right back and not like just being present and listening. And I just go into, I don't want to say attack mode, but in defensive mode where I'm like, no, like, I know you're right. Like, uh, but I don't want you to be right. I know you're right, but I'm just going to go at you. Right. So, right. You know, and that's, and that's okay too. Like this is, you have to, if you don't express Going back to you define creativity as expression. If you right. do not express, then you're repressing. Yeah. And if yeah. you're repressing, it's going to make you sick or it's going to continually make you act out. You need to get it out and be like, oh, my God, I'm really pissed or that really mm-hmm. makes me angry. And how do I solve this? Like, I need to walk away. I need to, like, get out of the house for, like, 15 minutes. I need to whatever you need to do mm-hmm. for that self-care. Yeah. It's yeah. Human. Yeah. When I, so when I when I do this with my daughter, I'm sorry I interrupted you. Oh no, go ahead. Uh, with my daughter, we'd get into a back and forth. And what I learned in that whole interaction was I would need to walk away and she would get really panicky because I was walking away. Mm. Because she didn't know if I was coming back mm. to the situation. She wanted to resolve it. But I knew from my self-care that I needed to walk away. And what I realized was I was walking away for a little too long. It'd be like an hour later. And she's like, we finally had a conversation where she was like, okay, I understand you need to walk away. But when are you, like, we need to set a time of when you're coming back. Mm. And I was like, that's fair. It's yeah. true. Like, I need to step up and be the adult here. And and yeah, it's 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 understanding what it's the communication factor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's also, I feel like communication is a really beautiful way of creating um, and expressing oneself, right? Like expressing and not repressing. I, I love how that you brought that up. And I feel like um, in the dynamic, I've, oh, I, I think that's one of the beautiful gifts I learned from my parents of like expressing wide ranges of emotions and seeing them do that you know from as early as I can remember and also feeling so safe and comfortable to do that with myself Mm. you know and being okay that we're not always going to like each other in moments or agree with each other on things and hearing uncomfortable things um, and having to be like, no, I, you know, I don't want to talk about this anymore. Can we change the subject? And like literally stopping and respecting boundaries and mm-hmm. all of these things that go into the process of human connection already. But then adding the layer of the, the caregiving aspect of the, what that looks like and what that feels like. And also not being attached to what that looks like and feels like. Because letting go of attachment is, like, I think one of the biggest things I am still in the process of learning. Uh, Letting go of the attachment of how this is going to look, what it's going to look like all the time, um, how I'm going to feel, how I'm going to make them feel. I I can't intentionally make anyone feel a certain way. I can just be myself and do the best I can 
and hope that they feel good, right? Right. Um, but yeah, I think letting go of the attachment of like, how are people going to respond to me? Are people going to agree with me? They may, they may not. That's okay. And it's a big letting go of attachment of what it's going to look like or trying to control everything or be or have this false sense of being able to be in control of everything um, is yeah, a process in it. Yeah. That's the word control. Yeah. 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 That's, that's like the essence of, of it. Um, we can't be in control and it's, it's being open and it's being vulnerable and it's um, discovery and respecting boundaries. Love that you brought that up. That that's yeah. huge. That's huge. That, that creates, that creates so much balance in your life. I mean, it creates so much in your life, mm-hmm. connection, self-awareness, um, balance, um, expression. When you have those boundaries mm-hmm. in place to know what you need, to know what somebody else needs, to know when, okay, let's change the conversation. We don't have to, just because the conversation started doesn't mean it has to continue. And it can be done in a respectful way. It doesn't have to be rude. Yeah. There's, uh, okay. So we could have this, this could be like a two hour conversation. So <laughs> let's move on because we're getting close to the top of the hour soon, which is insane. So um, as we move into the second question, which is uh, how do you incorporate more creativity into your own life? I'd love for you to talk about your photography because mm-hmm. I love um where you say, like in your website, capturing the essence of the world and in this universe and beyond photography, like such deep concepts. So yeah, tell us what you do and tell us about your photography, please. Yeah. So um, I came up with the name in 2013 and just felt so called and connected to it. And I always feel like photography is like an expansion of myself. Like it's my third eye it's like all of my senses and all of my um connectedness of what is surrounding me in the moment and what's in front of my lens what i choose to be in front of my lens and how i angle it and look at it and connect to it and capture it um is a real gift and what i always when i'm working with people um I always have this rule and it took me a while to develop this thing that they are not, they're only allowed to say things out loud that they love about themselves. Mm. They're not allowed to point out any flaws. Not that their flaws aren't valid, but like, don't like, don't say to me, this is my crappy side or like my nose is too big or any of that stuff. Because then I don't physically see those things. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm not looking at the flaws. I'm looking at the person in front of me and who they are um, as a human being on this planet, as a gift to this world. And the moment they uh, bring these things into the space. Now, of course, I ha- there's things I have to be aware of, of like if hair is in the face or all that stuff I have to be present to, to like capture photographs of human beings, right? But I always like to say, like, if we're going to say anything out loud about ourselves in this space, let's say things that we love about ourselves. Mm-hmm. Let's connect with who we are as a human being, our, our achievements, our accomplishments, who we are. You know, it doesn't even have to talk about our achievements or our accomplishments. 
but just who we are as a human being on this planet. And uh, I think that also really supports me in being able to, in a way, kind of get to know them um, and connect with them and have them feel comfortable in front of the camera um, and to be able to express themselves and enjoy and like release and let go the tension or the, the questioning, you know, most of the people I've taken photos of um, always say they don't like getting their picture taken. Right. That's like one of the things I don't feel comfortable in front of a camera. I don't like it. And so I'll be like, okay, neither do I. Like, and then sometimes I've incorporated, why don't you take some photos of me? Um, I've done that before. Um, and I think it's just a way of being able to like I love not that. like take away their feelings of it, right? But like, like it's okay that you don't feel comfortable in front of a camera. That's valid. That's that's fine. Like, but what what are what are you wanting to get out of these photos? What do you want these photos to capture of you? Like if they were to tell a story, what story do you want them to tell? Mm-hmm. Um, and asking those questions and being in that dialogue with others in that space um, and capturing the real emotions of it too. Like uh, when my dad's cancer journey started, um, I asked him, I was like, I would really love to document this process of what this looks like. And I remember one time um, on one of his many ER visits, he's been in the hospital 23 different times since September of 2017. Um, And I remember one time I decided to bring my, um, and this was pre-pandemic, I decided to bring my camera in with me when we took him to the hospital. Mm -hmm. And I I, I took a couple of photos of like, him clenching on the bed rail and like the, the realness of the uncomfortability and the pain that he was experiencing and like the awkwardness of like, you know, you're in the place that you should be, that you need to be in to get the care to get you well again, to support you. Um, But like capturing that too, and yeah. the beauty in capturing the realness, the rawness, the the range of emotions, the range of expressions, the range of existence and reality in the world, um, even beyond just people. I mean, I love capturing nature um, and just being present. I, I think it also grounds me in presence of, of being fully present to what's surrounding me and what's calling to me in that moment to to freeze time, for an example, like the the couple seconds it takes for me to hit the the button on the camera and the shutter to go off and the photo to be taken and now digitally in my my camera, right? Um, is this moment of just freezing that moment, that experience, and also being able to relive it when I look at it and that it it really how it invokes a a bunch of different feelings and thoughts and emotions within myself and how it can invoke a ton of different emotions and thoughts and feelings in anybody else who looks at it or connects with it. I think that's one of the most beautiful things and why I've always been so drawn to photography. It was also a way of me being able to express and communicate aspects of myself when I wasn't 
comfortable or really able to ar- articulate them within words mm-hmm. at the time. Um, so yeah, that's kind of my journey or how I connect with my photography and what I mean by capturing the essence of the world, capturing the realness of what I see around me, what people want me to capture of them, what they want to invoke within themselves so they can see it. And right. you know, the majority of the people who have said they're not comfortable in front of the camera with me when we've talked after, they're like, I've never loved a photo of me more. Mm. And I say, well, that's because you, you surrendered. Mm. Like, I mean, yes, I have a part of the process of doing it, right? I mean, I'm the person behind the camera, but they're allowing me to see them. They're allowing me to connect with them on a deeper level so that what they want to see deep down inside of them that sometimes they can't physically see for themselves, they're able to because they're giving me that space. They're giving me permission. They're giving me the ability to be like, this is what I see in you. You spoke it. Now you get to see it for yourself. That is so freaking beautiful. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad this is recorded so I can go back and listen to all of it. Cause that was an amazing rant that you just said. Um, I, I'm curious how, um, I have a few things to say, but when you kind of create that rule of, um, if you basically have nothing nice to say, don't say it. That's not saying it in the nicest way, but it's saying positive things about yourself. How do people react? Is that hard initially? Yeah. So it's been a while since I've photographed people uh, with the pandemic, but looking back on years prior, um, and it took a lot of courage to do that. Yeah. um, And to like say that before they even say anything. That's amazing Um, though, because it sets the space. Right. Yeah. People have been like, whoa, okay. Yeah. Like, and I, and I tell them why I'm like, well, this is why if you point out a physical flaw about yourself, I don't see it, right? Yeah. Um, but when you point it out, then I see it, right? right? It's like bringing, it's like someone telling you not to look down. What do you automatically do? You look down, right? It's like, exactly. yeah. it, it's the don't part that entices us as human beings to do exactly what people tell us not to do. It's the the fight or the like, ooh, but I want to anyways, because now you've, put the thought and idea in my mind. And so I, I like to approach it as like, let's talk about, you know, I try to word it. Don't talk about the negative. Let's talk about if, if we're going to say or think anything in this session, think good things about yourself. Think about um, who you are, what you mean to other people. Because I think mm. mainly of my own experience, I look at my flaws or I see my flaws Um, or I nitpick myself more than anybody else does. Of course. And so, yes, right. And so that is the way of me connecting to them being like, yes, what you may see, I don't see it. Right. And that being able to be, I mean, it's hard. Like when people have said that to me, I'm like, wait, what? Right. Right? Because then I'm like, oh my God, like, okay. Um, I, I don't think people have thought it. I think people have been just kind of like, there's moments of standstill 
Um, and then there's a couple moments of like building up to the process. Right. And, you know, um, I'm like, let's just have fun with it. Yes. Like, you yeah. know, yeah. this is the get into the, you know, it's also allow, allowing them to be in the create creation or creativity of the process of it. Right. Of like, you know, I'll have people like if they like to dance, like dance or if they like to sing. I, I, I the last photo shoot um, or creative photo shoot I did was with my 96 year old grandmother. Wow. And um, we I just said, I want to take photos of you. And we grabbed some flowers and she sung and she was dancing. Or I played music from when she was in her 20s, like, you know, back Ooh. in the 1940s. And I played music and she was dancing and singing along and I just captured these photos of her, you know, cause she's like, what do I do? I'm like, just have fun and be yourself. And like, just capturing the essence of her and those moments of the memories brought up by the music. And I think that's a, allowing the process to unfold or the thoughts and all of the, the questions or the doubt to come out before we start um, is supportive. I, I don't, I've not yeah. met with been met with backlash. There are yeah. people I've worked with who have not liked the photos because they saw the flaws. Right. And that's okay. I mean, not everybody's going to like the work that I do. Right. And that's the part of the process. And, you know, and sometimes it's my, I think it's my best work and I'm like, what the hell? And I'm like, that's not on me, you know, right. unless I like know that I've created crappy, not good photos. I will own, I will own up to that. And be like, I'm so sorry that you didn't like this. Like, can we reshoot? Um, but sometimes if I know they're, that it's really kind of an internal thing for them, I can't work with them because no matter how good I do, it's not going to be enough because they're not allowing themselves to see what they really wanted to encapsulate because there's blinders on yeah, that's um, that's the key. And it's funny because when you said capturing the essence, just before you said that, I wrote down capturing the essence because that's what you're doing is capturing these moments. These you're you're seeing people you are seeing people and you're capturing those moments. And it's true. If somebody's not going to like something, it really doesn't have it's kind of in life. It really usually doesn't have to do with us. I mean, yes, at times they're, you know, it does. But in general, when everything has kind of been put in place and the protocol has been followed or the communication has been had in the way that is the respectful way, if somebody kind of goes over the edge, if someone, it really, it's not about us. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's about them. And um, again, we can, it's how do we, if we respond, then the situation can blow up and there's a lot of bad feelings. Um but if we react, we can choose the way we react uh, in order to stay grounded and understand, not go down the shame spiral, um, which just makes us feel really bad. Yeah. <laughs> but I wanted to tell you about this, um, this experience that we had. Again, my daughter had this idea and we did it over the holidays. She's like, why don't we take some of our baby pictures and... Um, and just family photos and recreate them now. So the kids are, you know, 18 and 21. 
So we took their baby pictures and, and so it was my mom, my brother, and then my husband, the kids and I, and we recreated these photos and it was so much fun. For example, there was one picture of uh, the original photo was when our son was six months old and we were in uh, at the beach in Nantucket and my husband was holding our son and then my brother was holding our son's hand and, um, and giving his hand a kiss. So fast forward to him now being 21 years old and we repositioned where my husband wasn't holding Jared, but he kind of was in the same position with the hat and my, and it was just, we were laughing. Mm -hmm. So it was just such a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. It can be really fun and beautiful. Like, yeah, I, I always love seeing those recreation videos people do where they show the photo and then they show what it is like now, you know, 18 plus years later. And you're like, you can't help but laugh because you're like, you know, it kind of it's adorable. But some of them are like really awkward family photos taken yeah, back in the day. Exactly, exactly. And then they're even more awkward because everyone's adults. But it's still hilarious. And it's like capturing the awkwardness. One of my friends, actually, who I was just talking to prior to this podcast, and she has three kids and their best holiday card was complete chaos. Like the complete chaos. The kids were really young. Two of the kids, their twins were having meltdowns and were like hanging on them. And the other was like running, literally running through her legs and yeah. was just capturing the moment of complete, like what is going on? And I got that card and I was like, that is the best because that's real life. Yeah. It's not the matching picture with everybody in white on the beach and which they have their place in time. It's capturing the the messiness and the funniness of life. Yeah. Yeah. It's capturing the reality of life because we live in it every day. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. So again, I want to welcome the people that are here live. Thank you so much for being here. Any questions or comments, please feel free to put them in the chat box below where we can see them. And as we're getting to the top of the hour, the third question, which kind of like wraps it up and puts a nice little bow on everything is, why do you think creativity is important? Ooh, <laughs> talk about this forever too. I mean, uh, I, creativity is important because it allows us or to express ourselves. It allows us to formulate in ways that are different in ways that we connect to. You know, we talked about its expression. It's even expression in, in the silence. And it, it's, a, it's a way of being able to be relatable. It's a way of being able to connect and have conversations and go beyond the surface level of life and get to the core of the meaning and the stories and the experiences and the the realness and the rawness of life um, as it is perceived and shown by different people. It's really, I think like my biggest, one of my biggest things that I think helps me thrive and helps me as a, a human being is connecting with others. And I think through the different realms and forms of creativity, it allows me to really deeply connect mm -hmm. on ways in ways in which I normally wouldn't be able to 
um, to ask questions, to dive deep, you know, whether it's looking at someone's painting or reading something they wrote or listening to a podcast episode of them talking or just sitting with them in silence or doing something vulnerable, all of these different things or watching them cry or allowing myself to cry and just be held. It's the act of deep connectedness. And I think that's why it's so important. I think it's what makes humanity magical and wonderful and beautiful. Oh yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Just kind of had to take a breath after that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just really resonate with that. And I just think it's important just to keep stressing is the, the creativity in the silence, the connection in the silence. Mm -hmm. Because not every space needs to be filled. Mm -hmm. There's those. I remember when we initially spoke and, um, if I, if I remember correctly, and please correct me if I'm wrong, um, was saying kind of like that you didn't enjoy like those surface conversations. Yeah. Uh, where it's just like, how are you? Fine, fine. And then keep walking. Yeah. Um, and I totally understand and resonate. I mean, there's the, of course, you can't get into it with everybody. It's not like <laughs> otherwise not a lot would get done. Um, and not everybody you want to go to that depth with so it can be it can be kept on the surface but we would always joke with my in-laws you would ask them how they were and they'd always say fine fine yeah and it, it wasn't just one fine it was two fines and if it was we were like that's not good right because <laughs> there's not a lot going on there or something's really happening that really isn't very fine mm -hmm. so they just felt like they needed to put another one in there yeah Absolutely. Yeah, I did. I was like, I feel like when we ask the question um, of how are you, we get to, if we want to in that moment and have the space or trust in that person to be able to do that. And also if that person has the space to really listen, right? Because that is a deep form of uh, creating, you know, and the stillness is allowing some, uh, allowing yourself to listen, to what the other person is saying um, yeah. to you out loud um, is, you know, really being able to access the vulnerability of being like, yeah, I'm going to talk about how I am in this moment. Do you also have space for me to really express myself in a way where I feel like I'm being heard? And if they say no, I'll be like, okay, well, thank you. And that is a practice too. But yeah, I feel like the surface level conversations are important and they get to happen because it's how we, we start to connect with people, you know, have those awkward conversations about the weather or like, what are your favorite movies? It's a way of getting to know each other, right? It breaks the, um, the awkwardness, the uncomfortability of getting to know someone new um, in any realm of the dynamic. Uh, but I think to keep the relationship thriving and growing, um, we get to go, I get to go beyond that and really get to have someone fully experience me and allow myself and have them feel comfortable enough to really let me experience them and get to know them on levels um, and have those conversations that may make me uncomfortable. Um, I always say I love having uncomfortable conversations because 
Um, I don't always love having them, but I, I, uh, I feel like they're so needed and so potent and profound. Um, and they support me in breaking through the anxiety of being able to express and talk about the uncomfortable, real life things that are beyond the surface level of good, fine, all right, fantastic. And also being able to talk about why I'm fantastic, why I'm feeling good, or why I'm not feeling so good, right? Like being able to be celebrated and allow myself to express my my accomplishments, my achievements, why I'm feeling really good, and also being able to allow to express why I'm a mess or why am I, I'm having a really hard day. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Avis. Yes. Creating those safe spaces for someone to be real, um, to be human. Can you please let people know how they can find you? <laughs> yes. Um, so you can find me at uh, www.inthisuniverseandbeyondphotography. Um, you can also find me at the Radical Care Podcast. Um, it's on all major listening platforms and also on Instagram, Radical Care Podcast. Um, and I also have a photography Instagram. It's in this universe and uh, in this universe beyond photo. Um, you can reach out. Please reach out. Send me a message. Connect with me. Um, I would love, uh, I love connection. So I, it really, it's like, I think my deepest form of creation is connecting with other human beings in deep, real ways. So, yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much, Avis. This has been a really enriching conversation. I really appreciate you taking this hour to have this chat. Yes. Thank you so much, Hollis. It was an absolute pleasure to be in this space with you and have this wonderful, heartfelt, real conversation with you today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So we appreciate those that were here with us live. Thank you so much. And those listening to the replay, this space is all about inspiring each other, connecting and sharing stories. I believe we have always needed this, but I think we need it now more than ever. So please like, follow, share, leave reviews. It's on every, besides Podbean, it's on every platform. And you know how those reviews help the algorithms, which is much appreciated to help them get out there and just reach more people because we need to reach people for the connection. So um, uh, wherever you are listening, I wish you a good morning, a good afternoon, a good evening, and look forward to connecting really soon. So goodbye, everybody. Feeling inspired? There are so many ways to do things for you, to get yourself moving, to get your creative juices flowing, and to have fun. Check out I Am Creative and Express Yourself Publishing. Go to IamCreativePhilly.com, IamCreativePhilly, P-H-I-L-L-Y.com, and check out the experiential kits. Check out Creative Shui which is all about creative inspiration and guidance. And for Express Yourself Publishing, there's so many multi-author book opportunities. So I would love to chat with you so much. Everybody has, everybody's creative. Everybody has a voice. Everybody has an expression. And I can't wait to meet you. Thank you so much for taking this hour 
to listen to our stories and share the energy. And I wish you a wonderful morning, afternoon, evening, wherever you are in this world. Bye, everybody.